Thanks for downloading and welcome to Take Orally, the podcast from Dream Queen's Medical Centre, Nottingham. In this episode, we'll be discussing aortic syndromes part two, abdominal aortic aneurysms. As ever, all information is correct at the time of recording. Any and all guidelines mentioned are correct for Nottingham University Hospital's NHS Trust. Other trust guidelines may vary. All views and opinions are the speaker's own. Hello, welcome back to Take Orally, and uh, delighted that Dr. Craig Douglas can join us back again. Hello, Craig. Hi, Jimmy. Nice to be back. Um, so, uh, a few episodes ago, you were here talking to us about aortic dissection. So, this is the second part of our aortic syndromes uh, po- podcast series. We're going to have a chat about aneurysms, and in particular, um, abdominal aortic aneurysms. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the first question then, Craig. Um, what is an aneurysm? So, uh, an aneurysm, um, the important points here are is that it's a, a full thickness dilatation of a, a blood vessel. So, in other words, when we're talking about you know, our arterial vessels, uh, a full thickness dilatation, all three uh, layers of the vessel wall, so the intima, the media, and the adventitia. And it's a, a segmental dilatation of a blood vessel, and it should be sort of more than 50% greater than the expected normal diameter for that vessel. So for example, to take the, take the example of the abdominal aortic aneurysm, the expected or the average diameter of the aorta below the level of the renal arteries would be about two centimeters. So we class an abdominal aortic aneurysm at that level as being a, a vessel with a diameter of more than three centimeters. Yeah. Um, and so we have aneurysms, we also have pseudoaneurysms. Yeah. So what is a pseudoaneurysm? So yeah, pseudoaneurysms are a very different beast entirely. So you, you normally see a pseudoaneurysm as a you know, complication generally of a penetrating vascular injury. Um, and that's a pseudoaneurysm is a collection of blood which forms between the two outermost layers of the vessel wall. So that is between the media and the adventitia. Um, so very different. And obviously the risk with, with that particular um, processes is rupture of that pseudoaneurysm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to focus mostly on AAAs for this episode, yeah. but um, something tells me there are, there are other types of aneurysm as well uh, that we should know about. Absolutely. Um, you know, pretty much any blood vessel, you know, can have an aneurysmal section. In terms of the main ones you need to be aware of, um, even with the abdominal aortic aneurysm, about 40% of those will be associated with an aneurysm of, of the iliac vessels. Um, and most commonly that would be the, the common uh, iliac artery that, that would be affected. Those are important to know about. You do get um, the rare cases of an, an isolated iliac artery aneurysm. And again, those, they're not often th- thought about. Um, and if you don't think about them, then they can cause death very quickly as well when, when they rupture. So they are ones to be aware of. And the other one which you should be aware of, I guess, would be a popliteal artery mm-hmm. aneurysm, so just behind the knee. And rather than sort of causing major issues with blood loss, uh, that one, you, the thing that you most often tend to have complications with is sort of distal thromboembolic phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can cause limb ischemia. So that's what you want to be wary of with that. Distal to where the, the, the um, aneurysm, aneurysm yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. So 
Let's focus on AAA then, um, abdominal aortic aneurysm then for the for the purposes of the rest of this episode. Sure. Um, this is one of those a bit like ectopics, you know, never miss diagnoses yeah. that are sort of drilled into us. Certainly when I teach and I do any simulation with medical students, anytime the patient's got abdominal pain, they're always thinking, oh, it's going to be AAA. Yeah. It's one of those things that's ingrained into us. Um, how big a problem is it actually though? Well, it's a pretty common problem. Um, Particularly though, once you when you're dealing with men over sixty, so from screening population studies that have been done, prevalence in men over sixty is around about between four and eight percent in developed countries. Um, so that's that's a large number of of men over sixty who are walking around with with triple A's. Uh, most of them will be completely unaware that they they have that and they'll be asymptomatic. Um, you do see uh, aneurysms in younger patients and female patients, um, but much yeah, they're much less uh, common or prevalent. Uh, you're probably talking in more around sort of one or two percent of the population there. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's always something if you think an older person with severe abdominal pain who's unwell, AAA's got to be one of our differentials. Yeah, absolutely. And you know any you know, patient presenting with abdominal pain over the age of 60, it's got to be, you know, right there on your, your list of, of differentials. And that's one of the reasons why, mm. you know, in the emergency department, that group of patients needs to have a, you know, a senior sign off before they sort of leave the department, because that's one of the diagnoses that we don't want to miss. Mm. Um, so if you think about the ruptured AAA, mm. um, that's a, obviously a, a massive emergency, yeah. a, a real true emergency we need to worry about. Yeah. How are they going to present? Um, so they can present in a lot of different ways. Uh, so the, the classic, um, you know, is that these patients present with, you know, sudden onset of severe, you know, pain radiating through to their back, uh, you know, and then clapped out, shocked. Yeah. So tachycardic, pale, low blood pressure, um, and, you know, looking like they're about to die. And a fair number of patients will present like that, but they can also present in more subtle ways and in ways that can potentially catch you out if you're not. Uh, switched on. So the classic one would be presenting like they have renal colic. Mm. Um, so the sort of loin to groin type pain. Um, so that's you know something that you need to be very aware of. And as I say, they can present um, if there's a bit of contained hematoma around the ruptured aneurysm. They may look relatively well um, initially. So you do have to have you know, a fairly high index of suspicion and just consider it in your, your differential once you get to that, that at-risk population. Yeah, so if, if they've tamponaded off and so they can, yeah, as you said, exactly. relatively, relatively yeah. well. Um, so, I mean, I, I, you may have read the same paper. I read somewhere that up to about 70% of patients coming to A&E with a ruptured AAA are not actually known to have the Absolutely. AAA. So yeah. even in a Western country where we are screening patients, that's a, that's a, that number really caught me out, that we should always have that index of suspicion. Absolutely, yeah. 70%, you know, it's, I, I've read that, that same um, article and it, that surprised me that it was quite as, as much as that. Um, but I guess the uptake of screening it, it may not be you know what we would we would like it to be. Mm. Um, so you know it, it just goes to show you that you, you really do have to have 
area of that high index of suspicion. Uh, so, if we're thinking about the the screening that goes on for AAA, mm. um, that's a, that's through ultrasound, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah. And and what will happen to our patients in the community if they're found to have a AAA? Um, so, as I say, the vast majority of patients who have AAA picked up on on ultrasound will have uh, relatively small aneurysms, um, and then they will they will enter a surveillance program. And to monitor these, and actually around about you know fifty percent of patients who have a small aneurysm that would be generally classed as less than four centimeters, you know fifty percent of those patients that aneurysm will remain static and won't enlarge, um, and these patients are at a pretty low risk of, of of rupture and you know further complications from their aneurysm. Um, let's see, once other patients. Uh, they have their aneurysm said to they'll enter uh, you know a surveillance program we'll monitor the rate the natural history of aneurysms is for them to to expand mm -hmm. over time and get larger um, so we'll monitor the sort of rate of change in terms of the size of their aneurysm and if it's deemed that the risk of the of not doing anything of the watchful waiting is starting to become more than the risk of of intervening either with an open surgical or an endovascular procedure, then then intervention will be done. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's important to remember that even if they've had some surgery, there is still a possibility of a leak, and then we have to remember that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, particularly when you're talking about uh, sort of endovascular mm. um, procedures, which are becoming increasingly mm. common, so you do need to be aware of the potential for the, those um, sort of grafts to, to fail, mm -hmm. to move, um, and to have leaks um, mm -hmm. around that site. Um, and you know, particularly, yeah, it's why younger patients, they may decide to do uh, an open you know, surgical procedure um, just because of that increased risk of, of problems with grafts the longer that they're, they're mm -hmm. there in situ. So if we go back to our a ruptured AAA, um, you know, you, we've already talked about some of the things that might make you think feel suspicious about it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. whether you've been seeing them or you're listening yeah. to a junior who's who's telling you this yeah. history. How are we going to diagnose that it is a ruptured AAA? Sure. So that's where ultrasound becomes uh, less useful. We can tell that patients have an aneurysm um, with the ultrasound, but we can't tell if it's ruptured or not. Uh, that's where we rely on our colleagues from radiology um, and doing, uh, in general, we'll go for a, a CT angiogram. Um, so we'll get, we can tell you know, if there's signs of, of active bleeding there and also they, it can tell us if there's signs of impending rupture and the need to, to act fast. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then if, so you, if you've, you've got a patient who you're suspecting has a, a ruptured AAA, um, how are you going to work them up? How are you going to manage them? Um, so I think that you just need to do the simple things, really. So uh, you know, as with everything in A and E, we talk about that sort of A to E approach and make sure that we are, you know, addressing any issues that we've gone. You know, high flow oxygen, making sure we've got good IV access, starting to resuscitate these patients. In general, we sort of employ that concept of permissive hypotension. Um, and just sort of, of aiming for that blood pressure, maybe around about 90 systolic, enough to, to keep the patient conscious. 
um, but you don't want to start sort of really rising that blood pressure and disturbing any clot which might be around the aneurysm site. The uh, first clot is be, the best clot. Correct, so that might be counterproductive. Yeah. But you do, you want to start that um, sort of hemostatic resuscitation really, so resuscitating with blood, blood products, you don't want to be filling them full of, of crystalloids. Um, and then of course the key thing is to is to try and stop the bleeding so you need to be on the phone to the vascular surgeons um, and also to your the, your anaesthetic colleagues as well and start thinking about what sort of um, surgical approach they might have to fixing this for you because they can do as we said an endovascular repair which is becoming increasingly common even with uh, ruptured triplase or uh, an open procedure. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's also quite important. I think looking at the evidence, I've had students who focus very much on the feeling and expansile pulsatile mass, mm -hmm. and then going, "Well, I couldn't feel one, therefore I don't think it's a AAA." Sure. But you can be falsely sure. reassured with that, and, yeah. and patient, certain body habituses as well. Yeah. It becomes difficult, and if you've still got a dodgy history, you shouldn't hang your hat too much on on Absolutely. that presence. I think it, you know, if you're thinking it's if it's part of your differential. Um, then you, know, you really need that you know, ultrasound to, to have a look yeah. and be prepared that if you don't get good views on the ultrasound, be prepared to go ahead and get that CT for your patient. Yeah. And it's not a fast scan. It's not a fast scan. This is yeah. another bugbear. Yeah, absolutely. I've, start, I've stopped correcting people about it now because it happens often, but yeah, it's not a fast scan. Can we do a fast scan and look at the aorta? No. <laughs> Focused aorta scan. Yeah. Okay, uh, so we, we've, we've, pick, we've picked it up. We've, we've spoken to our vascular colleagues and, and anaesthetic uh, colleagues, uh, and off they go to theatre. What's our patient's prognosis like? Well... About half of patients who have this ruptured AAA, they don't make it to hospital. That's certainly the traditional teaching. Um, overall, the, I mean, the recent studies that I've seen, mortality for a ruptured AAA is, is around about 50%, mm. sometimes heading up towards 70%, but generally you're talking about 50% mortality once that aneurysm ruptures. So clearly, it's much better to try and intervene, you know, yeah. before that happens. Sure. And we, the the sort of classical teaching is that you do that once that an aneurysm sort of reaches five point five centimeters in diameter. So at that point, your sort of your annual risk of rupture becomes higher than the sort of expected mortality from a more an elective repair of an unruptured aneurysm. Mm. Yeah. And um, bearing in mind, obviously, if you get through the, the surgery, it is a major surgery with, with complications down the line. You know, you may have acute um, kidney injury because if, if you've had a cut off of supply to one, one or both of the kidneys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the sort of list of complications from that sort of major procedure, you know, is as long as your arm. Mm. Um, but obviously, I mean, the, the, the main one that we focus on is, is obviously that, that mortality yeah. risk because um, that's it's really what you're you're talking mm. about with Tripoli is that sort of life and death question. Mm. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to take this, this point to sort of emphasise because we've done scenarios with AAAs and it is interesting sometimes students think well that it's, it's, it's a central back pain it's not a loin pain so if they hear loin pain AAA therefore is out of the window they think it's more one side or the other. Mm. I mean you've already mentioned that you know it could catch you out if you think it's renal colic you know it is a back pain of it doesn't matter where its location is really. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I would say just, you know, if you've got a patient with a sort of sudden onset, mm. particularly sudden onset, you know, severe pain, mm. then it's got to be on the differential. You know, I've, I've had, you know, junior doctors come to me before and say, okay, the, the pain's on the, the right side, so it can't be a triple I don't well, no, that's, that's not true. It can't, you know, it's less common, but you can still have that pain on the, on the right side. So, yeah, you, you, you yeah. just need to maintain an open mind. Mm. Yeah. And I, I always like to think about it as, as one, any patient who's collapsed, I think, just to consider, especially if they're yeah, older. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, just off the top of my head, I can remember an, mm. an elderly patient who presented with collapse, raised lactate, didn't look well. Yeah. Uh, one of those classic nurses, do you mind coming to see this patient mm. just quickly? Um, and, uh, you know, asking him chest pain, shortness of breath, you're thinking chest, you know, MI, PE, mm. et etc. Mm. Um, no, no, no. Any abdo pain? No. Okay, mm. but examining, and, and mm. he he had an amazing pulsatile expansion mm. mass, and he had a ruptured triple A. Yeah. But just having it as one of those key differentials, always. I think in A and E, because we always yeah. think the worst. Any patient with collapse. Yeah, absolutely. I think just when we were talking about the importance of trying to, you know, treat these patients before they rupture as well. One of the key things we can do, you know, if we we do tend to to pick up, um, you know, unruptured triple A's in, in any as well, you know, potentially when we're doing imaging for, for other reasons. Yeah, CT trauma, incidental yeah, finding. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really important time where you can try and modify people's risk factors. The, the, the biggest thing that you can do for patients that have, you know, a, a small aneurysm to try and stop it getting bigger quickly and, you know, having an increased risk of rupture is to get them to stop smoking. So it's an important, again, sort of just a teachable moment, if you like, there to just sort of emphasize the risks of what people are doing to themselves with their mm. smoking and, and try and get them to stop. Yeah. Excellent. Anything else you want to talk about, Craig? Or are we... Well, I, I think we've covered the sort of main points, really, um, about AAA. Um, Thank you. Yeah. If you need any more, you probably need to speak to a vascular surgeon. <laughs> than me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Craig. Bye. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. That was the Take Orally Aortic Syndromes Part 2 Abdominal Aortic Aneurysm episode. You can find the um, blog entry for this um, episode as well as the Take Visually for this episode at takeorally.com. Don't forget you can also find Take Orally on both Facebook and Twitter. For more information about research and education opportunities within emergency medicine, acute medicine and major trauma, you can find NUH Dream on both Facebook and Twitter.